0: This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows.
1: Don't change that dial. It's time for Navigating the Newsroom. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Andrew. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to episode number 13 of Navigating the Newsroom. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Andrew Robinson. And this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted exclusively to discussion and analysis of the HBO series, The Newsroom. Andrew, we're back!
0: Are we? Like, are you sure this isn't just a hoax? You're just trying to trick me so that I actually talk to you over Skype?
1: (laughs) This is not a hoax. This is for real. We're actually back our network
0: was not shut down despite the hacking scandal. We're still here. Well, does that mean that Aaron Sorkin is actually writing our dialogue right now? No. If, it, if Aaron Sorkin was writing our dialogue, it would be a lot snappier. Are you sure? Because <laughs> he has his off days.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Also, I haven't... It, I mean, we've been recording for like 30 seconds, and I haven't given a big lengthy preaching monologue yet. So right there, you should know that this is not being written by Aaron Sorkin.
0: But the truth is, every once in a while, he does cut it up between more than one person.
1: Occasionally. Occasionally. Yes, thank you for tuning in, dear listeners. It's been a while, but we are back... If you're new to the show, as mentioned, this is a podcast all about the HBO series The Newsroom. We released episodes while Season 1 was on the air, and Season 2 is getting ready to premiere in a few days on July 14th. So we thought we should go ahead, get back in the swing of things, and record a little intro and let you all know, yes, we're back. We will be talking about Season 2. We might be the only people on the planet still talking about The Newsroom, but we will be. So, you can always count on us, Andrew, do you know anyone else who's talking about the newsroom
0: i actually I was reading an article just today by Alison wilmore um and she was reviewing like early episodes of the upcoming season because she's special unlike us, and she got episodes in advance, and she seemed very positive on it so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of I'm kind of hopeful now
1: all right, well, that's one person at least who will be watching. With us, did, Do you know if she liked Season 1, or, or did she say Season 2 is like a step up from Season 1?
0: She didn't say definitively whether Season 1 was bad for her, but she did claim that it was a step up, Season 2 being. Okay. Well, I
1: remember when we talked about Season 1, from what I remember, you and I were fairly positive overall about the show, especially compared to a lot of other critics we talked to. Um, I know a few of our iTunes reviews said we were too negative, but I felt like we were overall fairly positive, though we did hey, Andrew, recognize Andrew, some of its flaws. Uh, let's
0: be honest, right? We were lying to ourselves just because we promised that we were going to go through the whole season. We were, <laughs> we were trying I, to come <laughs> to terms with the fact that we had forced ourselves into this, and I can promise you we're probably going to do the same thing again this year.
1: Is that a confession, Andrew? Was was your side of the conversation last season all a hoax?
0: I will not answer that question. (laughs) Well, I
1: liked the newsroom overall more than a lot of people did. So I will at least say that. Even though, yes, there are some problems. And it will be interesting to see if those problems stick around this season. But for the purposes of this brief introductory episode... Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what did you think of season one and what are you hoping to get from season two of the newsroom?
0: Um, What did I think of season one? It was it was all right. The thing about it is what draws me towards the show. And I guess I should note that I remember when we started this a year ago to discuss season one and we did our intro episode to it. I had talked about um, my association with Aaron Sorkin. And Aaron Sorkin as a TV producer versus as a film writer. And uh, I have to say, back then, I had no experience with Aaron Sorkin as it relates to television. Today, coming into season two since then, I have watched the entire Sports Night. And I have seen the first season of West Wing, right? Oh, wow. Okay. So I feel a little bit more understanding of what an Aaron Sorkin show is supposed to look like and what it feels like. And it reminds me of what I liked most about The Newsroom and realizing what I'm actually looking forward to every week, which is not to be criticizing his depiction of women in the workplace. It's not to be discussing his overtly American tones. It's to enjoy the fact that he's able to create a slew of characters who will somehow make sure that there are barely any breaths or pauses taken during conversations and at the same time have people fall over doing it. To me, it's just comedy. That is what Aaron Sorkin is best at. And even when you look at his film film writings, I mean, a lot of it is comedy but without a laugh track. And it makes it into something special. This, the newsroom, they don't need the laugh track, but you know it's comedy. I actually was just today rewatching the pilot episode um, from last year of the newsroom. And I was surprised at how much telegraphing of information and tone Sorkin put into the first 10 minutes of that show. Within the first 10 minutes, you find out that Jeff Daniels' character... Will McAvoy, he is fed up with the world. He recognizes a change in the world of their perception of it. And he recognizes the way that he wants to fix it, which is by being the news guy who we eventually see throughout the next nine episodes. And, There are around, like, five uh, five other characters who do the same thing throughout those moments. And I'm sure if I actually had the time this week leading up to Sunday when the show is going to come back, I probably would sit down and watch the whole of the season. I might skip out the the 9-11 episode, though, just because, like, I... That irked me the, so bad. The, the Osama lesson? The Osama, the Osama episode? The Osama episode. That one irked me so bad, and I'm afraid to look at it again. What I'm looking forward to is minute-for-minute minute entertainment over anything else.
1: Okay. Is, is there anything
0: plot-wise you're hoping to see developed, or
1: character-wise?
0: Um, I can't think of anything specifically other than me just hoping for a lot of great Sloan scenes. <laughs>
1: You're a man after Will McAvoy's own heart, I think, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, before I say what I thought of season one, let me ask you real quick. What did you think of Sports Night and that first season of the West Wing, and how do you think that that compares to what we're getting with the newsroom?
0: Um, I adore Sports Night, and, I, and I'd and i like to chalk that up a lot to... Oh, why have I forgotten his name right now? Um, Josh Molina, I believe his name is. Because... He's just so perfect in that show. Um, I did find it very weird when I started to show the show to see that it had a laugh track for around half of the first season, and then the, and then it must have been the producers who realized um, this guy who's writing the show doesn't know that laugh tracks exist and is ruining right. this whole thing. And they they decided instead of trying to change Sorkin to drop the laugh track, and it made it so great. Um, it has its ups and its downs. It's it, it's the most sitcom that Sorkin has ever been but it still is fun and entertaining and what I liked about it as compared to The Newsroom because with The Newsroom, both of them being about a live television broadcast um, and a lot of his shows are technically about television broadcasts because um, he had Studio 60 as well, which I haven't seen yet with The Newsroom, it seems that every episode we actually get to go into the actual television broadcast with new with Sports Night it's the opposite. It's like the entire episode is leading up to that broadcast, and then we've spent so much time with these people preparing and bantering and enjoying themselves and killing themselves over getting everything ready that once the cameras turn on, we don't need to see that anymore because we've, we're there. We expect that at that point they're professionals and they'll pull it off. With the newsroom, I guess the whole point is that we don't know if they're going to pull it off, which is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the, the issues that they're talking about on the news seem to be really important and to be, to a certain extent, what the show is about.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, since they're reporting real news, they, I'd hope that maybe Aaron Sorkin is trying to say that none of us listen to the news anyways. To say that he has to tell us a five-year-old news, two-year-old news, one-year-old news, just to be like, in case you didn't hear, there were pirates. Right. And it's also,
1: in many ways, his critique of the news. Like, hey, you saw the news. This is how they covered it. This is how they should have covered it. So there is a certain amount of pretentiousness to what he's doing with the newsroom, but I don't mind that, personally. And you mentioned you're a big fan of Josh Molina on Sports Night. All I'll say about that
0: is keep watching the West Wing. Oh, uh, I should get back on that because I actually stopped it around four months ago. Like I, I said, I was going to watch all of it, and then something happened, and I just stopped at the end of season one. You should get back to that. I've
1: I've no, I haven't seen it all. I have seen all of the of the seasons that Sorkin worked on, though, and some of those seasons of The West Wing, I'd say, are, are his best work. They're just really, really spectacular. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I liked. Season one of the newsroom. Overall, I like seeing Sorkin. I like hearing his dialogue, and I like hearing his characters deliver these big preaching monologues about stuff. I think one of the biggest problems we had last season, what and and a lot of one of the main problems that critics in general had last season was the fact that they're reporting on actual news does occasionally create some issues. And it's not that it makes the show boring, it just does occasionally feel a little bit too preachy, a little bit like Sorkin standing on his high horse telling the rest of the journalists how they should be doing their job. So from what I understand, he's still doing that in season two, Um, so we'll have to see if any of those problems have been fixed. But mainly what I want for season two is more Don and more Neil. That's mainly what I want.
0: Um I don't know. I like what can they do with Don other than continue to make it awkward that Ali- that Allison Pill is going to get with Jim.
1: Well Don was my favorite character in the first season partly because he seemed like the most Complex and three dimensional character to a certain extent. The other characters kind of got in their little mode, in their little rut, and they seem to kind of stick with that episode after episode. But Don, you know, you started out thinking he was just a douchebag, but then you realized in some ways he was actually kind of a nice guy. He really does seem to love Maggie. Yes, he left Will at the beginning, but you can tell he regrets it and really does want to be a good journalist and a good news person. So he's, he's, a, he's a much more complex character than he started off the show as. And I want to see more of that, especially because this whole love triangle with Maggie and Jim got a little bit irritating and repetitive last time and last season. And now that Jim and Maggie have acknowledged their affection for each other, I think that adds an, an interesting new layer to his character, so I'm, I'm hoping they'll continue to develop him. And Neil, I mean, Dev Patel's always wonderful whenever he's on screen. I hope they develop him more and don't just turn him into the comic relief.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. While you were talking about Don Patton Oswalt was just in my ear the whole time, I've been listening to his stand-up album Finest Hour all week, and he has this bit in there talking about romantic comedies where he's basically saying that, that they should stop calling it romantic comedies and just calling it where he and she try to fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how rose romantic comedies are. Like
0: I was, as I said, I, I was rewatching the pilot today, and it's kind of interesting that. You're, I don't know if you remember specifically, but at the end of the pilot, with with after all of um, Will McAvoy's crazed ranting, telling the world that America isn't the greatest nation ever anymore, at least he did it because he saw, um, he thought he saw Mackenzie in the crowd, and then we find out that it was actually Mackenzie, right? It wasn't some medication shit. It actually was Mackenzie. And she's about to show him that, look, it was me. And then he gets away from her. And it would be strange enough to think that if she had actually shown him at that point... The show would have become a 100% romantic comedy between not only the love triangle that you're complaining about that was kind of repetitive, but also Will and Mac, and there would have probably been Charlie and Sloan as well, just to throw it in to be crazy. It would have, it would have been crazy. It would have been mad.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring up the Will and Mac relationship because i have a feeling that's still gonna be that's gonna turn into a hundred
0: percent trying to fuck
1: (laughs) probably because if you recall at the end of last season you know will had left mckenzie a voicemail basically confessing his love for her but it was hacked and deleted and that was how last season ended with that reveal. So they have yet, technically speaking, to really confess how much they love each other. So it'll, I, I'm hoping that doesn't occupy too much of this season, because I, I think I agree with you. I would much rather see the show focus on the news and its critique of the news and of journalism than on this romantic comedy love triangle sexual tension stuff that we've seen many times before especially in Sorkin's own work.
0: We just want
1: more drunk Charlie. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be great. Andrew, do you mind if I tell you something that I know about
0: a character in season 2? Is it that they're alive? Because I don't think anyone's <laughs> been threatened to die yet.
1: Okay, well, I hope, I hope I don't anger you when I mention this, and I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, Andrew, but it's funny you mention Patton Oswald because he is going to be in Season 2.
0: Awesome! I love Patton Oswald. <laughs> he makes everything better. He made Justified yes. this much better by showing up last season. Ah. Oh. He was
1: great and Justified. It'll be really interesting to see what his role is in the newsroom. I need him to come um, in all-
0: and just shout, Drew The whole time.
1: <laughs> there are several new characters that are going to be introduced in Season 2, including Patton Oswalt's character, a character played by uh, Hamish Linklater, Uh, a character played by Marcia Gay Harden, whom I love. So there there are going to be a few new characters that enter the fray, and I have mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, I'm excited to see some of these new actors that I really like. On the other hand, there's a part of my brain that's like, wait, shouldn't they work more on developing some of their other characters before they bring in new people? But what, I, what, maybe the What are
0: you looking for? Uh, you looking for the the girl that got hired as an intern at the end of last season to get a full season arc? That's not going to happen. Max. Oh,
1: I oh I had forgotten all that. That would be interesting to see happen. if she shows up. Get over you it. You know what needs to happen. What needs to happen is she needs to show up at the end of every season just to kind of like check in and we can see how well she's doing at the company and if she's working her way up and if she's like becoming the new Will McAvoy.
0: You need to have at the end of every season, just have her just show up in the background throughout the season. Like for people who are really (laughs) looking really closely to be like, oh, she's still there. And then at the end of every season, have a moment where Will McAvoy shouts at her and asks, you're still here?
1: And then she says, yes, and I'm your boss now. <laughs> How that, that would be amazing if they had, like, a little subplot with her just going on on the edges. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I'm hoping with the introduction of these new characters, they'll, they'll just use these new people as a way to develop the other older characters and push them in new and interesting directions.
0: I know we started this conversation with me being the slightly more negative one, being more cynical, (laughs) being more, yeah, I know this show has problems, and I'm going to ignore those problems and just laugh because I find it funny, but you just told me Pat Noswald is in this season. I am down. This means that your expectations for this
1: season were just just increased like a thousand fold. So I hope you aren't let down now if the the season turns out to not be very great.
0: Look, if Patton Oswalt is in less than half of the episodes, I will be disappointed. I think we just need an episode where Will and
1: Patton Oswalt yell at each other for an hour and talk about Star Wars and stuff.
0: That's really all I want. They could have that. They could have an episode where they announce the fact that Disney bought Lucas (laughs) 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 <laughs> that would be amazing. You could see you could see great. Pat and Oswald have a meltdown in the back room <laughs> and Will McAvoy going, fuck that noise.
1: Well, from what little I've read about what this season actually is going to cover, I believe Sorkin said it's going to begin with all the stuff that happened with Gaddafi, and it's going to end with Election Day, 2012. So the Romney campaign is going to play a big role in this season and i believe some oh, of shit, the new there characters was an
0: election last year in the states wasn't there yeah it was
1: kind of a big deal <laughs> and I, I
0: i forgot about I believe... that
1: honestly <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people have and it, it, it just seems like a lifetime ago and yeah i believe some of the new characters are going to be involved w- with the romney campaign and that's going to be their their role so it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out and if there will be any tension at all since we know who won that election or maybe he'll pull a quentin tarantino and rewrite history look we'll look see. look! the
0: mormon jokes are gonna be deep they're <laughs> gonna be fun it's gonna be awesome and they even have pat oswald there to help to be like i know you thought you were funny guys but i have this little idea here oh I yeah i don't it's think definitely- you, can, you can hear my excitement No. If you thought I was being jo- jokey earlier, my excitement is there now. I'm glad that, that over the course
1: of this conversation, your enthusiasm for the newsroom has just increased dramatically.
0: <laughs> you know what they're going to do? They're going to fuck with me. They're going to show me Pat Oswalt in the first 15 minutes and then kill him.
1: Wow, that would be kind of incredible. <laughs> I think they're I think they might have a revolt on their hands. if That happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure how many episodes he's signed for or or if he's going to be a major character. All I know is that he will show up at some point. <laughs> so, we will we will see how big so of a So are role we going to have the Patton Oswald
0: countdown every week until he shows up? Just be like, "Where's Patton?" I hated this episode. There was no patent. <laughs> I-, I liked everything in this episode,
1: but there was a n- but there was no patent. F. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, guys, that's how my rating rose. All right. Um, is there anything else you would like to say about the newsroom in this little introductory episode?
0: I'm honestly looking forward to what they have to show me, because regardless of any negative words I had for it in season one, any negative words I had for it in the first ten minutes of this conversation, this show, at the end of the day, as I said, it entertains me, and I always enjoy entertainment.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. The first season wasn't perfect. It had some serious flaws. But overall, I liked it. And even though it's kind of forgettable, like, the season ended, and then I just kind of forgot the newsroom existed until a few weeks ago when it was like, oh, yeah, the newsroom's coming back. That's a show. Uh, I I do like it, and I I enjoy it when it's on the air and and when I'm watching it most of the time.
0: Like, let's, let's be honest, Andrew. Most people, they haven't so much as given up on the newsroom as they've all decided their Sunday nights are really for Breaking Bad.
1: Yeah, Sunday night is a big night. That's when you've got Breaking Bad. That's when Homeland is eventually going to air. Uh, Dexter's been airing on Sundays. Sunday's night is like the big night for TV. HBO has True Blood and Girls on Sunday. It's a huge TV night. So, yeah, it's possible that some of those other shows, no, especially Breaking Bad... No, 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 Breaking no, 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 Andrew,
0: you're getting it wrong. It's not those other shows. It's Breaking Bad. It's Breaking Bad. okay.
1: Breaking Bad may steal some of the newsroom's audience. We'll see. Um, But yeah, overall, I'm looking forward to season two. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but there's actually only going to be nine episodes this season instead of ten because Aaron Sorkin made some mistakes. And he got off to what he called a false start where they had the first three episodes planned out and they filmed two of them. And then he kind of realized... That he wanted to do something else, and he had kind of screwed himself up structurally. So he went to HBO, and they let him, I think, refilm some stuff and change some stuff. But as a result, now there's only nine episodes this season instead of ten.
0: Is Terry Crews going to still be around? I hope so. I liked Terry Crews.
1: Yeah, we need him to yell at Will and put on some Old Spice and just do his thing. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for this introductory episode. Uh, before we get started with Season 2 of Navigating the Newsroom, it premieres in a few days, so our goal is to have episodes of the podcast out within two or three days after each episode airs. So be on the lookout. Subscribe through iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, you can contact us by email at navigating the newsroom at Uh You can comment on the website. We love all your feedback. Leave us a review, hopefully a positive one and help get the word out about the show. Andrew, where can people find you and your work? How can people uh, see more of what you're doing?
0: You can read all of my writings over at gmanreviews.com, which is where I host all of my stuff, including a couple podcasts. Um, I have the Movies You Love podcast, which you were on recently.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We talked about crank high voltage.
0: Yeah, everyone should go and listen to that. It's a really good podcast. Um, At least I think so. I mean, I could be deluding myself. I had a good time. It was fun. (laughs) I guess you can always follow me on Twitter at GmanReviews, where I'll constantly post about all the shit that I care about and mock horrendously. Just like I do here. You can find some of
1: my writing at FilmGeekRadio.com and MovieMezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at... At writer Andrew, if you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. I'm also the co-host of Cinema Fix, a weekly podcast about new mainstream film releases, and this summer I'm also co-hosting a new podcast called Avenging Angels all about the final season of the TV series, Dexter. So I'm doing a lot of podcasting lately, so check those out if you're interested in in TV and film. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Navigating the Newsroom. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Andrew Robinson. And go forth and keep speaking truth to stupid.